Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with Why. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and today I'm talking about survival mode and recognizing if you're in survival mode. So if you even want to know anything about this or you think this might have something to do with your life, stay with me. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today we are going to go deep changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. What in the world is survival mode? Like, I don't even know what that means, right? Like, I remember growing up and hearing people be like, oh my God, I don't want to like fall in love because I have walls up and I want to protect myself and this, that, and the other. And I was always like, what does that even mean? That's so stupid. That's so ridiculous. Until now. Until now. Because I didn't even realize I was in, quote, survival mode. I didn't even know what any of this meant. I didn't realize that my reactions, my feelings, the way that I absorbed statements statements from other people, the way I encountered situations was based on my survival skills. I didn't know that I was doing this. For example, and I posted this on social media the other day, which if you're watching this right now, you probably follow me on social media. I was sitting on the couch and my husband came in and said, oh, you're all snuggled up on the couch. And my immediate reaction, not like in a bitchy way, but my immediate reaction was to verbally respond. Yeah, because I already cleaned the bedroom, cleaned the kitchen, put the dishes away, you know, changed my clothes, picked up the family room, and then sat down. I justified, and all he said was, oh, you're on the couch. But my brain heard, you're lazy, you're not doing anything, what have you done? I was just outside shoveling. That's what my brain heard. Because growing up, I tended to be on the defensive because there was a lot of um, expected of me, okay? And so I have grown up being very defensive. And in the first three years of my marriage, my husband probably said seven times a week, if not more, I'm not against you, I'm on your team. And that was profoundly helpful. And so I kind of thought that that was over, right? I thought that, okay, he's on my team. I don't need to be as defensive. But I didn't realize that it was still in there in a very internal way. That the lists that I was making in my head of accomplishment, the way that I felt that I couldn't relax was inside of me still. Um, the way that I felt if someone canceled plans or couldn't see me, um, that was still inside of me. And also when we have, when we live inside of survival mode, the problem is, is that we fail to be intimate. We fail to connect with other people. So I have been married to my husband, I think, gosh, 17 years now. And we have what I would consider a very good marriage. And in the beginning of our marriage, when we were dating, um, I can look back and see that I was very open um, with him. I was very 
um, vulnerable. But I think that as that uh, our marriage progressed, honestly, I got less and less vulnerable. I got more and more guarded. Because when you are avoidant, when you grow up in survival mode, when you grow up with someone that has power over you and they yield that, is that they yield the sword, they yield the power? I don't know what the word is. But when they use their power against you, when you grow up in a childhood, which most of us did if we're Gen Xers, most of us did if we're boomers, okay? We grew up in households where there was a person that had power over us. They didn't work with us. They didn't try to garner um, affection or respect. Our parents just, you were seen, you were did what your parents told you to because they're your parents. There was no debate. There was no discussion. It was, you listened to them, not because you respected or loved them. There was no intimacy. You did what the shit you were told to do, period, end of story. Okay. That is not intimacy. That is not closeness. That is you are going to do what you're told based on fear of outcome. And then they expect you to come with them, come to them with something that you need. Hey, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to ground you for nine weeks, but mm, I love you so much. No, no, that's no, that's not how that goes. You don't get it both ways. You don't get to hit me and then have me like cuddle up to you. That's, you know, that's sadistic, to be honest. And so if you grew up with power over you, all right, then your love language is screwed up unless you've gone through therapy because you aren't capable, usually, of associating love and intimacy without the fear of power over you. So for me, with my husband, the more into my marriage I got, where I depended on him more, where he had the power to hurt me, the power of taking my life away, meaning my livelihood and my, my security, my children, he had more power over me because we our lives were more intertwined. Okay. And so with that, he gained power over me just by default, which made him more of a threat to my life. And so as that happened, whether I didn't even realize it was going on, let's be clear on this. This is not prefrontal cortex. This is not decision-making. This is subconscious shit. I got more and more um, defensive. I got more and more... Um, less and less vulnerable. I became less and less intimate mentally, emotionally, and probably physically too. Because that's scary. When you grow up and someone has power over you, um, it, uh, it changes you. Because the people that are telling you that they love you where you learn what love is, which is from your parents, okay? And this is generational. Like, like I really believe Gen Xers and, and um, younger, 
are going to be the ones that change this because we have the language, we have the tools, we're learning about um, trauma, we're learning about, you know, different types of parenting styles that you can parent without hitting, you know, and that's the thing is when I'm talking about this, I'm not only talking about this as children of, but I'm talking about parents too, meaning you might be listening to this because you're of my age group and so you follow me, right? And so if you're, you know, 40s and 50s, you're like, yeah, my parents, um, you know, hit me. I was grounded for weeks at a time, et cetera. But at the same time, I'm also talking to you as parents of children. And so for myself, because of the fact that if someone can hurt me, then I will, you know, pull back. I will be, a, like, I can be best friends. And I always, I remember watching some family members being like, how come they can be like so kind and loving to complete strangers, but their own family, you know, they're kind of vicious with. You probably know people like this, right? That That, that they're like, meanest to their family, but they love everyone around them. That's fear, people. That's fear. That's fear of intimacy. That's fear of getting close. Because you know that if you're close to someone, if you're vulnerable with someone, if you're intimate with someone, it's going to go bad. It's dangerous. And so I didn't even know I was doing this. And I didn't even know I could change it. I didn't know that I was reacting to my husband from my child self. And so now when I react to him, my goal, if it comes out as defensive, and it's so funny because he'll actually say to me, I don't know if you hear what I'm saying, but if I'm mad at you, I will say I'm mad. Or if I'm irritated with you, I will say I'm irritated. Because I, I can't hear him. I can't hear him the way he's speaking because all I hear as a child in my brain is that I am a bad person, that I don't do enough, that I need to do more, that I need to justify relaxing, that I need to justify, that if I want to lean into him, he probably will reject me. If I want to lean into him, and he, the, the crazy thing about this is for 17 plus years, he has never, ever, 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 not one time, people, not one time. This is how I know God exists because he put me with such a kind person. He's such a kind person. He's never given me reason to not lean into him, to not trust him with my whole heart. But up until now, until I had words for it, until I understood where I was coming from, where all of this was coming from, I never knew how to undo it. And so now I know I can say these negative feelings that I have, these negative feelings that I have are not me anymore. This is coming from my eight-year-old self. This is coming from my 12-year-old self who's afraid, who's afraid for some reason 
who's afraid. That's it. I'm afraid. That's the that's the end game right there. I don't know how else to say it because there's something that I'm afraid of being intimate. I'm afraid of putting myself out there. I'm afraid of, of leaning in too far. I'm afraid. And so I need to get real and say, okay, is there something in this moment that I should be afraid of? Is Jim doing anything that I should be afraid of? He has never been violent. He has never been mean to me. He has never been untrustworthy. He has never taken anything away from me. He has never threatened anything to take away from me. So this is in my head. This is past programming. So the current state of affairs are that my husband is loving. My husband loves me. And so my physical, emotional, spiritual thing that's going on inside of me now is not me. It's my child self. And so I need to say, thank you, child self, for showing up today to try to protect me as you have protect. I could cry. So if anyone's working through this right now with me or you do later on today, God help you because it's a lot. Thank you, child Meredith, for showing up today to try to protect me. But I'm grown and this person is safe. And I'm allowed to lean in. I'm allowed to lean in. Someone's commenting, and if you confide in him, he'll eventually use it against you. And yes, this has been the case in my life, that when you confide in certain people, they then turn it around and use it against you. Yes, that has happened in life. But I need to be present in this moment and say to myself, is this current situation, is this person that I'm with, has he ever done that? Has she ever done that? Has that been the case? And if it is the case, if it turns out to be the case, can I handle it now more than I could when I was eight or 12 or 16? Yeah, because I'm a grown woman. I can't get grounded anymore. If, if they hit me, we're going to have a problem. I'm not a child anymore. I, I have power over my life. I didn't when I was a kid. I did not have power, but I have power now. And so if this person betrays me, I'm a badass and I can handle it now. I can handle this now. I couldn't before because I would get grounded if I stood up, you know. I would get in more trouble. So now I have dominion over my life. Now I'm a grown-ass woman. So if this person betrays me, I can leave them. I can not be friends with them. I can divorce them. I can leave. I couldn't do that when I was a kid. So I don't need to react or act from that same place. I'm a new person. I'm a different person. I'm an older person. And this is why I'm saying you need to understand, because someone had commented, yes, there's a difference between a spanking and beating your kids. Is there? Is there? If you need to use force, is there? Is that is that the only way? 
to, to lead your children, to inspire your children, to garner respect from your children is to, is to hit them. We're not even supposed to hit a dog because it, it teaches it wacky. If, you, if you're not supposed to hit a dog because it messes up their training, why would you need to hit a child to train them up? If you must use a fear tactic, are we doing it right? I mean, everyone's, you know, and I'll tell you what, uh, Facebook, you will find the most people that say your kids need a beating. 100%. Go to any other any other social media platform, you will not find that same um, energy of, hey, you should hit your children. You should spank your kids. You won't find that. It's just a different, it's just a different social media platform with different people on it. Probably older generation versus younger generation. You're going to find older people on tech, on Facebook. And now we're, we're learning parenting techniques. I mean, when I was being raised, I think all they had was Dr. Spock. And, you know, that was, that was the new age was Dr. Spock. Now we have millions of books on how to raise kids. I raised my kids, my older two, back in the 90s, 100% spanked them, 100% spanked my son, my oldest, who's 27, 100%. Now I know better. Now I know that if I need to get to um, physical abuse and putting my hands on them, I've done something messed up. I'm, I've lost control because now I'm beating them. Now, I've, now, I'm, now, now there's a problem. Now I need to lay my hands on them to get them to do what I need them to do. And there are kids that are completely out of control. Trust me, I know. But now we need to figure something else out. And I'm, I promise you there's information out there. Because when we instill fear in our children from, and we are the very first person to tell them we love them, there's going to be a negative ramification. And I'm sure if you hit your ch children like I did, this hits home. This is not easy to hear. It's not easy to hear that I may have ruined my oldest son's, you know, intimacy and ability to be vulnerable and ability to be soft and ability to get close to people and ability to be loved because I was a parent who instilled fear. That right now I can feel in my chest. It doesn't feel good. But I'm also not going to lie about it. I'm not going to pretend like, oh my God, I had to hit him. No, I didn't. I was an asshole. I'm an, I'm an idiot. That's how I was raised. That's how I raised. And I didn't, I didn't learn more. I didn't, I didn't do better. I did better, but I didn't do my best. I did better, but I didn't learn enough. I didn't take a class. I didn't read a book. I just kind of like raised kids. By the way, they just give you these kids at the hospital and say, good luck. And, and I did, I actually did try a lot of different things, but, um, but they still sucked. We didn't have the information that we, you go on any social media platform, they will teach you 10 ways from Saturday, how to raise your kids. They will help you with every single thing that you need on TikTok, gentle parenting, you know, ways to, you know, work with your kids and help them make dinner and blah, blah, blah. And if they help you make dinner, they're more likely to eat vegetables. I mean, they didn't have that shit back in the eighties and nineties and seventies. Again, as I said last week, this isn't about blame. Blaming does no good. Blaming is a waste of time. 
But when you know better, you can help. You can fix it. You can do better. And I don't hit my younger kids because I don't need to. I also don't need to control everything that they're doing. They're easy kids to raise. I also don't have to have power over them. They're their own people. I'm learning that. They're not my kids. They're kids that I am raising, that I'm trying to help become productive adults in society. This is not judgment. This is learning. This is recognizing in ourselves these issues. Because the fact of the matter is, you know, the more, the more that we um, have are in survival mode, we attract broken partners. We attract broken situations. We attract friends that are screwed up. We, we dive deeper into addictions because we don't want to be in survival mode. If you are running around and you are anxious, if you are depressed, if you are drinking every day, there's a really good chance you're in survival mode. And being able to overeat, being able to um, shop excessively, being able to drink a bottle of wine a night, that's your escape from survival mode. That's your escape from your parents' voice in your head telling you to shut the hell up or get in your room or you're grounded or you're this and that and this and that and this and that, okay? These things are an escape from survival mode. I know people that are so anxious that they chomp at the bit to get to five o'clock so that they can have a glass of alcohol or the weekends. They can't even go out into public. They're so anxious because they're in freaking ass survival mode 24-7 because their childhood was so tumultuous. They had so much anxiety about mom and dad and step-parents and this and did you do it? Which is why I post about divorce. Stop putting your divorce on your kids. You're making them freaking nuts. That's a you problem. You got married, you had kids, you got a divorce, you figure it out. Stop using your kids as pawns. You screwed up. I screwed up. I got a divorce. My kids were my problem. My kids are not their own problems. You came to having kids with trauma. And now you're running around hitting them. You came to have children with issues that you haven't resolved. Resolve your issues. Stop making your trauma your kids' problems. And if you did cause your kids' problems, own it. Own your shit. This will help you. This will help them. This will help their children. You want to love your grandkids? Fix your shit. You want to help your adult children? Go to them and say, you know what? I, uh, I wasn't the best. Recently, my oldest daughter and I were on a walk. She said something to me. I don't even remember what it was. 
she could probably tell you. And I started doing the defensive dance. I like that. The defensive dance. That's a good word. The defensive dance. I started doing the defensive dance on our walk. And she's like, I just said X. But my ears heard something completely different. Why? Because I'm a people pleaser. I have to make everything perfect. I cannot take accountability for anything because if I took accountability for anything, then I would be a failure. If I was a failure, the, 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 the defensive dance, right? She's like, I didn't say that. She didn't say any of the shit that she said. But I heard it. I heard, Meredith, you're a piece of shit. That's all I heard. And all she said was, there's not anything in your refrigerator that I like. But my ears heard, you're a fucking failure. You're a horrible mother. How could you not have something in this refrigerator that I liked? That's what I heard. All she said was, there's nothing in here that I like. That's the defensive dance. Because unless everything is on par all the time. I am not safe. Unless the house is clean and the pillows are fluffed, I am not safe. If there's dishes in the sink, I am not safe. Bad things will happen. And so conversations for me now, if it goes or feels negative at all, are you with me? Because I have been thinking about this whole week. If my reaction, if my feelings are negative in any way, shape, or form, my first question to myself is, actually, my first statement is, this is not me. Because my true self, my true Meredith self without negative programming, without negative being this and that and the other, my true Meredith is positive. So if I have a negative feeling, I know it's not me. It's programming. It's my inner Meredith, my little child Meredith saying, we got to keep you safe. Be defensive. Run. We got to keep you safe. Be defensive. Tell her to screw herself. Go the other way. Get out of bed fast. Don't be vulnerable. Run, Meredith. Run. It's not safe here, Meredith. You're going to have your heart broken. You're going to get in trouble. That's what my brain hears. And so if I have a negative reaction to a situation, if I get anxious when I see dishes in the sink, if someone cancels plans with me and I feel negative about it, worried, upset. I know that's not me. It's not me. It's not me. So I said, what is the reality of the situation? What did this person just say? In that situation, my daughter said, there's nothing in the refrigerator that I like. Did she say I was a bad mom? No. Did she say I was an asshole? No. Did she say she hates me? No. She just said there's nothing in the refrigerator that she likes. Okay, so let's solve the problem. See the difference? So if I came to your house and I said, there's nothing really here that I like, would you get defensive? Is it a shitty comment? Maybe. Yeah. If I come to your house and you invite me over and I'm like, there's nothing here I really like. But is it bad? Or is it just honest? Are you trying to figure out how I feel? 
Are you trying to keep yourself safe? You see how this works? And so I go to reality now. That's my job. That's what I'm working on this week. That's what we can work on this week. If I have a negative emotion, if I feel anxious, if I feel depressed, if I feel sad, if I feel I need to defend myself, it's not me. That's not me. That's young Meredith trying to save me. So now I want to get out of survival mode and I start, I want to start being. This is survival mode. Survival mode is trying to survive. And as I step into the present and out of those feelings, out of negativity, out of saving myself from a predator that no longer can hurt me. Because it, it can't. I don't need to live in that space anymore. Neither do you. We have language. We have tools. We can recognize. We can recognize now. If I feel negative in any way, shape, or form, that is my younger self trying to keep me safe. A lot of times we call this an ego. Programming. Our inner child. It's just young Meredith trying to keep my ass safe. I don't need to be safe anymore. I don't need to be saved anymore. I'm a grown woman with tools and a car. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I've lived my life for decades. And I didn't even know it. I had no clue. And I probably would still have no clue if I were still drinking. Because every night, every other night, every opportunity I had, I could dive into a glass of wine and turn the anxiety down. Only for have it, have it turned back up the next day when all of those uh, fake dopamine went away again. Anyways, thanks so much for being here this week. I appreciate it as always. If you know someone that might benefit from this, I can't imagine you not knowing someone that would benefit from this. Um, please send it to them. If you listen on the podcast, please take a minute and give those five stars and a review. It really helps me out a lot. Um, and so I hope you guys have a beautiful week. Start practicing this. If you have a negative reaction, that's not you. It's your child self trying to save you. So have a beautiful week, guys. I appreciate you very much. We have a guest here next week, um, Katie Beecher. She's a licensed professional counselor and medical and emotional intuitive with over 35 years of experience. And she has been featured in over 200 media outlets, including Goop, Kourtney Kardashian's website, Push, and a couple other different institutes and spaces. So um, Katie Beecher will be here next week from Goop and Push and all the good stuff. So show back up next week. Thanks so much, guys. Have a beautiful week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.